1: Saturday morning and here come the girls Ray and Faye with Let's Talk Gardening
0: Hey gardening friends, today's show is sponsored by Soil Solver, Landscape Industries Association Product of the Year The answer lies in the soil We have Bev Daring and John Glidden Assisting us this morning, and the lines are open, 94841927. Big shout out to the Fab Ellen Simons in Breakfast today. And you can hear Ellen again for most of next week, actually, between 9am and 12 noon, uh, filling in for Mr Waltham. And Ellen was supported today by the very keen Rob Miller. Not forgetting our cycling DJ, Jim Crine, and Jim will be back next week as well. Good morning, Fair Good morning, Ray Burton. Sitting there doing your... Your little homework, getting everything organised.
2: I am, um, Lots to yes. talk
0: about today. We always do. And if we don't, we still manage to. <laughs> but uh, lots, so much going on out there. Where do we start?
2: Oh, in our own gardens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the best place, isn't it? That's that's where we get our inspiration for shows like this. Yes, that's true. We have oh. to draw on our own experiences, of course, and those around us. Well, Absolutely. what a week. The the weather is bouncing around still. We rain certainly and had sunshine. some rain.
0: I mean, we had some heavy rain earlier in the week, didn't we?
2: We had thirty-eight mills at Jandcock. Phenomenal. Mm. It's it's good for washing in all the uh, the fertilizer and absolutely the yeah the smelly stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I
2: hope I hope people did get lots of that on their
0: gardens and took advantage of those heavy rains because it was uh, just incredible.
2: And I hear we're getting a bit more rain next week. Yeah, that's right. That's lovely, isn't it? So I've been. I don't know if it'll be
0: in that league, but rain rain nonetheless. uh, And
2: it was, a lot of it was overnight rain. So, yeah, exactly. There were days where I was certainly able to get out in amongst the showers. And uh, it was a bit wet and drippy pruning, I must say. But oh my goodness, I made some dents in the weeds this (laughs) week. (laughs) That's great. it raises the question of what do you do with the biomass? Mm. Like, it it's mega. Mm. So I just is that my, could
0: it be composted?
2: Yes, but space and yeah. time. There's so uh, much. Yeah, of it. Uh, that's one way. And of course, putting it in in piles and covering it with black mm. plastic, mm. or worm farming, or burying it. But you know, that becomes another task. So
0: yeah, I exactly. try. I
2: try to get my focus on what is most important. And mm. at this time of year, it's it has been important to cut back the hibiscus. I'm running a bit behind schedule, mm. but they're, they're big and lanky. And if I mm. don't tidy them up and trim them back now, I'm not going to get those big flowers and they're just going to get bigger and straggly. Yeah. So I'm making that my, my mission to go around, trim them up, You should see the piles that I'm leaving behind me. Mm. But the bigger branches, what I've started doing is putting them in piles. Mm. And towards the end of the month, uh, next month, we have a green waste collection. So that's one possibility. In the meantime, they're piling up. Mm. But this week, I I got a a guy in to do some mulching for me. He's been coming for 20 years So instead of me investing in a mulcher, which is another piece of equipment that Mm. I'd invest thousands Mm. in, Mm. and then another task to do, he comes in for a couple of hours and he reduced my three big piles to mulch. He has his own equipment and he
0: goes, yeah, look, that's a smart thing to do. Mm. So
2: I thought, well, okay, we're we're still going. There's still plenty of pruning to be done. Mm. I'm getting stuck into it. I'm starting piles again, even if I have to get him back in two weeks to do another cleanup. Yeah, that's okay. uh, I will. But Mm. the weeds, Ray, oh, my goodness. It's Mm. a big note to self that next year in autumn when I'm preparing the garden to get around and cover the gaps with layers of mulch, like thick mulch. I'm talking oh, what's that, two to three centimetres, a good layer. you feel that will help? Well, it mm. will help. And and bear in mind that the gaps between my plants these days are getting smaller. That the, helps, The definitely. garden is old, mm. older. It's mm. 20 years old in, in my time. But some of the plants that I had before already were already 20 years old. Mm. So the bottle brushes are like getting on for four Mm. metres. There's gum trees that mm, I wouldn't even hazard a guess. The hibiscus can be three to four metres. There is a lot of biomass happening in my garden. Mm. Mm. So I will have to also upskill with my pruning tools. What I did get, and Christmas is coming up, folks, the best present I ever got, Eddie, was an extendable chainsaw. Yeah, It's electric. He would have loved it. it It's a great tool An for the job. An extendable chainsaw, yep. yeah, yeah. I use it often. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I'm mm. sure you do. Yes, no. Um, we've got so much to talk about today and our special guest is Bob Melville. Now, he... He was in with us not that long ago, but the reason we have him in today is because he has a spectacular garden that he's opening for the first time and it's a relatively new garden as well. So we're going to learn all about that. Of course, Bob is the rose specialist and the roses, as we've mentioned before, are looking absolutely glorious out there. I don't think I've ever seen roses look as good as they have this year. (laughs) Fingers crossed that they stay like that. And we've got a lot to talk about with what is actually blooming now. We've got a lot of open gardens happening, a lot of events happening. I don't know really where to start. So get your get your pen and paper guys because you'll need to be writing things down if you want to partake in some of the the uh, the activities that we're going to be mentioning throughout the morning. We've got lots of emails to get through. You put in a gorgeous um vessel of flowers that I'll get you to describe to our listeners. And we're heading to Kelmscott because we're talking about olive tree propagation. Mm. Yahoo. Ron, good morning morning ron
3: morning um I was, i've got a uh, an olive tree and i'd like to, to to take a cutting from it so what's what's the best way to handle this
2: well you know i've never honestly taken propagated an olive from a cutting i'm sure it's it's very possible but they do grow easily from seed um um so what's happening with olives at the moment? Has it got any fruit on it?
3: No, no, no. It hasn't. And it's, I've I've had it for years, you know, it's just it's more more it, it cost me 120 dollars, I mean, but it hasn't really grown. It's just well it ah. it, it isn't sort of Developing sort of thing, you know, because I haven't got the best soil in the world. It's in fact the soil in my place is so bad I had to put artificial grass down. Oh um, dear! And
2: the only
3: the only thing that will grow are geraniums, which will grow anywhere.
2: Oh, okay. So what variety was it, Ron?
3: It was just an. Uh, I just got it from uh, the the local uh, nursery, and uh, what well, it was fairly small. Um... It's just, just an ordinary. I didn't know there were varieties of them. It's just an ordinary olive olive tree.
2: Mm, okay, there are quite a few different varieties of olives used for different purposes: olive oil or or pickling olives, etc. And yeah, colors it's
3: just for decorative purposes, you
2: know. Mm, okay, so I would take a hardwood cutting of this, and I would take it about twenty centimeters long, at least two nodes in the, the potting mix and two nodes above. Honestly, I think they're gonna be one of the easiest to grow. Really? Yes, yes, really. And a lot of lot of things. In my list today, I actually put propagation down there because particularly when we're pruning, we end up with a lot of material that we could propagate from. So I would go with the the hard part of the pruning and cut yeah. it so that you've removed most of the leaves maybe just leave the top two leaves and or cut them in half so this reduces the transpiration and it allows the plant to put energy into growing roots underground and shoots up top.
3: Okay. Okay. Um, all right, I'll give that a try. Um, and, and do
2: a few because when you when you are pruning and cutting back, like I said, you have a lot of material available. People might be also trimming up their rosemary, uh, their lavender. All of these plants are really easy to grow by cuttings at this time of year yeah
3: yeah well nothing to to me nothing's easier than geraniums because just you just take just take a cutting from the geranium uh leave it overnight in water, plant it, and it grows
2: <laughs> same same principle, so <laughs> yeah. try the same thing with your olives and see how you go
3: okay, I'll give it a go i mean uh, I mean you know trial and error and you've
2: got nothing to lose
3: absolutely not
2: <laughs> okay thanks Ron.
3: Okay. Thanks for your help.
2: Thanks, Ron.
3: Okay. Bye now.
2: And Ray, I wondered about olive foliage in a vase. Oh, superb!
0: Really? Absolutely.
2: Oh gosh, that's a winner. I've been looking around my garden Mm. at and looking for new ideas. So that's something I hadn't even thought. of. I'd love to hear from listeners what they use out of their garden for fillers in flower arrangements or what they're currently picking. Yes, because this is the florist coming oh, out in you. You're, just well, going,
0: you're going through another phase. I I yeah, am. I know you are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, look, branches, stems of olive is beautiful, just mm. like a spray, you know, and the colours. And what yeah. would you put with it? Well, with greys, I like to add in, obviously, some burgundy. I like to add in some something limey, and as I've, I think... Uh, you could also you could go either way. You could go deep colors, or you could go soft pastel colors. You know, and mm. really with grey, you've got so many options. Or your any color almost goes with grey, doesn't it? I think mm. that's why it's why such a popular color for the internal of homes and things. It really uh, is a yeah, grey or greys. You know, is very popular. Neutral colour, and there's so much goes with it there's not for any m- many colours that clash with against gray, okay, and roses, of
2: course, yeah. I suppose you could put yeah. roses we'll just with think them. about it. oh yeah. the whites the icebergs
0: would yeah, look lovely I love, Those... I love your soft yellows against mm. gray, um I love your deep reds against gray, and I love blues and apricots, and you know your oranges and it's mm. just yes, it does set that it does set the tone and it's a beautiful backdrop to other colours, I think, yeah, so. Love, love, love. All right. Let's head to Butler. We're talking about sweet corn. Chris, good morning.
4: Morning, Chris. Good
0: morning, ladies. How
4: are you today? Very
0: good. Very good, thank
2: you.
4: That's good. I've got a um, crop of sweet corn in at the moment. It's about a metre high. And it's, do I cut the uh, secondary shoots off?
2: Oh. Is it from the same plant?
4: Yeah, well each, each plant's developing a couple of shoots down the bottom
2: mm, that's coming off the one plant. Good question. Well, honestly, I never have. Doesn't mean that for best... Res- you know, you might get best results if you left all the energy going into the one main stem uh, because it's then not got competition. But then, by the same token, if you've got healthy growing plants, then you you will get more fruit in more ears in those lower developing shoots. Yeah. I wonder if one of our listeners might ring in and, and give their tips.
4: Yeah, and another thing, if I, uh, like, my, I've got a raised garden bed. It's about two metres long by a metre wide. Yes. And it's absolutely chock full of uh, earthworms. Will slug and snail killer damage the uh, worms when they uh, they dissolve into the ground.
2: Well, it shouldn't do, but I would be selecting one of the the slug and snail killers that are friendly to the environment and you sh- you wouldn't be using an awful lot of them either. You would also be using them on the surface. So there's yeah. there's a new one coming up on the market. Um, It may be in garden centres now. It's called EcoShield and we will in the next couple of weeks be talking to Steve Falcione from Organic Crop Protectants about it. There's another snail killer called Multiguard and that's iron-based. So that will break down into the soil. Uh, So just have a look at the labels and, and find something that is friendly. To to yeah, the I, I
4: just use the uh, the normal Yates brand, and I'm not sure if once they so dissolve that they'll uh, kill the earthworms.
2: All right. Also, bear in mind that your earthworms are probably deeper, and in the concentration that you're using, it shouldn't shouldn't be a problem. Oh but yeah. We might yeah. get John to do a search on that. the The results of Snail and Snug. Uh, treatments on earthworms. Okay then. All right. Thanks for your call, Chris. Yeah, couple of you. interesting yep. topics there. Hmm. Yeah. Have okay, a gr- thanks
4: very much for your time. Thank Cheers.
2: you.
0: Bye for Bye. now. Have a
5: good day, ladies. You
6: too. too. 94841927.
0: It's 22 minutes past eight. You're listening to Ray and Faye. This is Let's Talk Gardening. Now we've got lots of emails to... Get through Fay and uh, today the Epiphytic Cacti and Hoya Society Annual Show is happening. That's from 12 noon to 3:30 p.m. at the Bassendean Community Centre, which is 50 Old Perth Road in Bassendean.
2: That would be nice to go to. Yes, I'll be heading out there. You're going to go? Well, I have to. Yeah. We met a few of the folk the other day, and at your house. Oh yes, The, the Ripsalis I I need a Ripsalis clavata. Um, and I brought some pocket money with me today. But Don't so. I
0: have that, Clavata?
2: Well, you might have, but I bought two recently mm. from one of the big stores mm. and it's incorrectly labeled. Oh. Clavata has a little clubbed end. Um, it, it's a bit sort of knobbly. It's fatter at the end. Mm. And I thought I had it. and I can't find can't it, so it. maybe I generously gave it away. Mm. I'd be surprised. Mm. but Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very. <laughs> mm. All right, back okay. to our emails, Ray. Uh, so this one's come in from Paula. She has an avocado that she's grown from seed. It's about three years old and in a pot. If I put it in the ground, can I control its height and size? Thank you for your informative and interesting program. Well, certainly, yes, you can. It would require pruning to to maintain its height and size, but mm. you can do that. The other thing that you could look into is grafting. So getting, well, taking the the branches from this plant and putting it onto a rootstock that is small and putting that in the ground. Mm-hmm. So that takes... <laughs> mm. uh, Takes things to a whole new level. One of the things about avocados is they're very sensitive to being moved around. Do not upset their roots in the cooler months. So I'm talking autumn and winter. Mm-hmm. If if anybody's looking at their their sick avocados now and wondering why, if they have done that during winter, or if they planted it out immediately prior to winter this could indeed be a problem. They do not like the cold and drainage is extraordinarily important for, for them. them. They must have good drainage. Mm, okay. So just just check with that. I know I've got a couple of avocados that have been grown from seed. They are not fantastic performers mm. uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but there are contributing factors. I have a lot of other plants growing in the same vicinity so there is root competition Mm. but they're all putting on new foliage now. Mm. They love trace elements, they have very shallow roots, they do require uh, good mulch over the top Mm. because the fibrous root system at the surface is very, um, very strong and very thick. So also, if you're fertilising them, be very careful that you're not throwing, you're not raking the surface and then throwing fertiliser on, which would, in fact, burn, burn their burn roots. Them. Same okay. as citrus. Yeah, okay. So, something. so I hope that does help. Um, growing from seed, it may take 10 years. For about $80, you can get a grafted plant that is a dwarf and it may actually be a better investment for you. Mm. When it starts producing at... or $3 of fruit. Mm. So something to bear in mind. Now, uh, Andrew has written to us and would like to know details or if there is a staghorn society or club in Perth. Now, there isn't a specific staghorn club, but there is certainly a fern society, so it comes under that banner. I would definitely go there. Occ- occasionally, they will have a specific meeting all about staghorns, and they did in the last few months. I know that, uh, and an elkhorn. So, a staghorn, a lot of people get mixed up. Staghorn will be an individual plant, whereas an elkhorn is a cluster. So, if you've got this huge elkhorn on a tree, and there's multiple heads and fans at the base, that will indeed be an elkhorn.
0: Now, That's the one I like, but apparently the um,
2: staghorn is a more, more rare. Not rare, It but, is. They're mm, harder to propagate. Mm. But more news to hand, Ray, there is a new book out and it is all about propagating staghorns. It's an excellent book. It's mm. only been released in the last couple of months, I believe. The author is Daryl Ruprecht and the name of the book is King of Ferns.
0: King of Ferns. Yes,
2: but certainly the Fern Society would be the place to go. They do have this book in the library. They meet on the first Sunday of every month at the Manning Senior, Senior Citizens Hall, corner of Leigh and Downey Streets in Manning, which is just down Around the road the from here. Mm-hmm. Two o'clock, they have plants for sale, they have an afternoon tea, they have an excellent guest speaker every month, John Banner Savage. <laughs> the president uh, of the society. And in November, there is a show and sale combined with the Palm and Cycad Society. Do we know the date
0: of that yet?
2: uh, We do. We will come back to that. Okay. All right.
0: And also uh, tomorrow we have Romancing the Stone Grandparents Day are uh, open between 10 and 4 tomorrow. There's going to be children's activities between 10 and 12. Refreshments, etc. 3 Lillian Road in Maida free entry. So that's Romancing the Stone. Grandparents Day. You mentioned it last week as well, and I know Tom's a good friend of yours too. So this would be something that you could take the kids along, the grandkids along.
2: Uh, for for fabulous fun activities tomorrow yeah, between it, 10
0: and 12 for the children.
2: It's mm. a great opportunity. You know, a lot of people worry and wonder about poisonous plants and, and risks in gardens, et cetera, and they want to protect their children. And I I say that not because Tom's got lots of poisonous plants, but there's steps and there's waterfalls and there's a creek there. Mm. So it's a great way to to supervise your children and and to teach them about risks. I know in my garden, you know, I'll be walking around and and I'll teach my grandchildren uh, uh, about the fragrance of flowers or Mm. rustling a gum leaf. Mm. And I will say to them, but you don't, eat anything unless you ask nana first mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i will tell them about poisonous plants mm-hmm. i will tell anyone who's working in my garden about the risks that i have there mm. because you know there's a lot of plants that have poisonous snap that's sap, right. um oleanders we grew up with in our gardens and now we people did are too. talking about oh no don't have that in your garden we did but, too. Te- but teach them educate them kids are really smart mm. And um, they they respond very well. They're little sponges. So, yeah. yeah, a great garden to take the kids to because they've got fairy, fairy dell and ornaments in the garden and they've got gnomesville and Tomsville, all these little... Houses and... Lots of nooks and crannies. Yeah, okay, so that's great. at
0: 3 Lillian Road in Vale tomorrow between 10 and 4. All right, let's head to Bunbury. We have John talking Pawpaw from Seed. Hi, John.
1: Hello. Yeah, oh. you just talking about all the end. Don't... don't. Uh, don't stir your cup of tea with the stem of an oleander.
2: No, <laughs> no, but you can stir your milk with the cutting of a fig tree, because this oh, yeah. can help yeah. turn it into ricotta. Oh but yeah! My goodness, um, I have well. to um, something. In, I That's learned. a light
0: bulb moment. <laughs> yeah, I just saw yeah. your. Oh, very
1: good. Yeah, in well, in Bunbury here, all down Beach Road, and that all the street trees were all the oleanders. Yes. And, uh, I've pruned many of them, but never had a great deal of problem with them. But and yet, any milky sap, sap, plant, yeah. uh, or no, they don't get it in your eyes. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah. It, a pawpaw seed. Can you grow a pawpaw from just a seed? You know, can you eat the pawpaw and and plant the seed? Or? You
2: sure can, John. And
1: you need two 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 plants or only one?
2: Well, when you. By Pawpaw, it has an enormous amount of seeds in it. So you, you oh. plant them all. They come up very quickly. Now is yeah. an ideal time. What you won't know is if you have male or female or bisexual plants.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: So you have to wait until they flower to determine the difference.
1: I see. But oh, yes, well. give it a go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the last thing I wanted to ask you, I've got... Uh, right, growing under my grapevine here, I've got a out of control. Um, what's the name? It's a herb. Uh, mint Mint. uh, uh No, it's six foot high. But the um, rosemary, I got it. Rosemary. Ah,
2: uh, yes, yes.
1: Now. It, it's it, it's spreading spreading too wide and it's going too high. can I prune it or should I wait for it to flower?
2: uh look you really need to keep that in check around your grapevines uh, <laughs> otherwise yeah it'll just get messy and yeah, yeah. now is a great time to do that I rosemary is one of the things that will most likely come back from some of the hard wood in there yeah. so. But if it's never been pruned...
1: Oh, yes, I have pruned it a couple of times.
2: Okay. Well, you can yeah. probably tell where you can cut it back to. Yeah,
1: yeah. Back so to yes, where I pruned it before.
2: Well, a little that bit about, longer than uh, that.
1: Two foot six high,
2: yeah. All right. Probably, well, if it's six foot high now, probably take it yeah. down to about half.
1: Yeah, oh, yes. yes.
2: And my favourite tool for doing this is the battery hedge trimmer. I get a lot of mileage out of yeah, that.
1: But I'm legally blind. I've got to do it by hand. I can't do it any other okay, way. Okay,
2: that's fine. Okay.
1: I see good enough uh,
2: yeah. Yep. All right. Okay. Well, thank Thanks, you very John. much. All right. Yep. Bye for thank now.
1: Yep.
0: I'm in the market for a hedge trimmer, actually. I was mm. going to try and get one yesterday late afternoon, but by the time I get around to it, the shops are all shut. And Ella ate my electric toothbrush last <laughs> night as well. So well, do you... don't
2: leave, leave your head trimmer around. I know, I know,
0: I know. She pulled the the bottom out of it, the part that you put on the charger. So, just all, yeah. So, it didn't take her long either. So, I had to wash my teeth this morning. It felt like I was washing my teeth with a sponge almost, just a normal toothbrush. But once oh. you've had electric, there's no turning back. <laughs> Actually, one uh, of my friends just sent a lovely. Uh, image of a vase you're talking about fillers she's actually had to cut down her crimson spire because oh. she's painting a house and that's uh, just 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 yes. just another idea for you you know yes, pieces just, of crimson foliage. Spire, just foliage just mm. foliage i like that just foliage i don't always have to have all flowers right yeah okay. there you go another yep. idea for you new thoughts Yes. excellent okay.
2: now back to the hedge trimmers I took myself off to the hardware store when I was in the market, um, mm. and I was looking at blowers, I was looking at hedge trimmers, yeah. um, and there was there was a pack there that had three in one it was mm. a a brush cutter, mm. a hedge trimmer, and a blower vac, right. and it was cheaper than everything else. Mm. And I did the weight comparison because for me, yeah. that's, that's really important. It,
0: uh, me too. I being don't a want woman, heavy. That's um, all right. your
2: hand size, being able to put the battery in and out, yep. and and nothing's very heavy like a baby until you've got to carry it for an hour. That's and then right. The ball game and changes. certainly
0: with hedge trimmers, mm. and that you're moving your arms, and it becomes very
2: laborious. Yes. Yeah. So I I did a comparison. I actually bought two blowers. Two. One one of a pricier brand, and one brand. of the three in one, one pack, mm. and they're going gangbusters. So, yeah, you don't have, you to, don't spend don't have to spend a fortune. lot of money. Okay.
0: Mm. Well, I've got um one where the battery that in my blower can be moved into, so I will go to that brand. Yes. Because I've got the I've already mm. paid for the but, battery. But
2: do the comparison, Ray, because yeah. sometimes there'll be specials out there. Yeah, and you know you might end up going the other way yeah. as well.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, because no, yeah. well, well,
0: actually, the more my garden
2: grows, the more hedging there will be to be
0: done. Mm. Actually, because I do have a few hedging plants uh, starting to make themselves known. Yeah.
2: Mm. But these battery tools make our oh. job a lot easier. And oh, as please. as your gardens grow and your plants get bigger, mm. sometimes you do have to invest in bigger tools better tools you know newer tools because things get blunt and old and sometimes it's not as cheap or you can't find the right person to sharpen things so the cost of sharpening something yeah or dare I say you know you could look at getting another tool
0: yeah as well for that Mm. yeah so no we do need our tools and uh, one of my clients is talking about maybe promoting with us um, these um secateurs designed for people with arthritis and things you know so i hope he does come on board with that and we can talk about that to our listeners because i think that would be that's a good one for our for our demographic so it, just, they just it can saw... just be hard um the ratchet style mm. yeah you know it's just hard for people when you as you get older just to be able to use your hands in the garden it's a big issue out there mm. so i hope he does come on board with that yeah. sounds good especially in time for christmas everyone's in the that. market Funny that, yes mm. only around the corner you love Christmas, don't you?
2: Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, Christmas is a bit bigger this year. The table's sure being extended. Is. and it sure there's is. There's more high you? chairs than what you it, it, see adults. at the Coles cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, I will love it. I will love it. Teaching them tradition. and
1: It's nice. Know, mm. And there's
2: traditions in the garden too. Or, you know, Christmas time, we always have the red poinsettia. Can't be yeah. any other colour. Yeah. It's got to be red. It's got to be red. Yeah and pots of red and white petunias or yeah. red and white vincas or red and white alstroemeria. Just just very festive, gets you in the mood. It does, does. Now, Kay has sent us in a photo. Um, she was one of the ladies that received my poppy seeds a couple of oh, years ago. Oh, oh, oh. So she said, just wondering if you can identify this plant. It's grown next to your poppy, Faye. I didn't plant either. Your poppy self-sowed from last year and this plant popped up next to it. Believe it or not, only one poppy. Gosh, they're fickle things. Mm. Um, One plant and it's huge with many flowers. So you get a lot of seed heads off that. So let them dry out, put them away and bring them out in autumn next year. Sprinkle them around. And this plant is a giant. It's gone to the top of the fence. It has a hibiscus looking flower And I would say that the soil mix in that garden, (laughs) in Mm. that area, is just Mm. extraordinary. So this is a weed in the Malvasi family or hibiscus family, I guess, and it's a marshmallow weed. So I believe there are some uses for it. I'm not sure exactly what they are. It also has a taproot, so it will break up the soil, and um, I would pull it out. Pull it out. Yeah.
0: I would too, mm. yeah. But okay.
2: there you go. What other weeds are
0: common around at the moment, Ray? Oh, Well, the bane of my existence, as you know, is creeping oh, no I don't care about any of the other weeds. That one is just killing me off at the moment, although I've noticed that it's drying out. Mm. It's, uh, when I was having a bit of a play around in the garden this week, I noticed that it was a little bit easy to get my fingers under, but it's still breaks in your
2: hands and you know you cannot get all the roots out of the Mm. ground the rotten so i think the best thing to like deal with it permanently because it'll come back next year with a vengeance i know that's what i'm scared of well i think you really need to get in there actually you know
0: what i tried some slasher on it yes i was just going to say it 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 killed it off but then new stuff started to pop through and i really think you've got to use something like glyphosate for this beast Mm. i really and just
2: you know, you don't have to use a lot. No, Just I think paint, that's paint it on, but do it right. Do it once and be done with that's, it. That's that's how then, I feel. I tried yeah.
0: something less aggressive, which was Slasher, and mm-hmm. um, it's killed it, but then in the very same area where I um, mm-hmm. sprayed it, there's new Oxalis coming
2: through. And so. that probably will happen. Anyway? Yes. Okay, yeah. But, yeah, mon- monitor it yeah. and, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for everyone out there, like, do the job properly. Do it once, and of course, I was in touch this week too with Deepert because you found
0: that unusual weevil. Start online. with the symptoms of your plant. Oh my goodness, this mm. is an Echium Pride of Madeira, young plant, and I it it's been hidden uh, behind some Japanese uh, fountain grasses, which grew rather tall. And because I thought it was such a tough plant, I was never worried about it. Mm. I thought it'll just do its thing, uh, and uh, so anyway. Long story short, uh, recently, not too long ago, I was observing it and I noticed that the tip of each stem of the flower, it's very hard for me to describe it in the right terms. I suppose drawing from the information I got from Deeper, the rosette, the top of the stem uh, was black and oozing like a black goo that had gone Mm. hard and it was Mm. honestly like resin to look at. Every top of every stem, every stem, and I... I cut it out. I didn't know what to do. I thought oh, I'd never seen... Cut back the tips. Yeah, yep. I did. Yep. I cut yep. it off.
2: Well, that's removing which the infestation. Which was affected.
0: Yep. But I didn't know what I was dealing with at that time. And then, of course... Uh, It seemed to recover once I had done that and put on new growth. And then, of course, you came along and you happened to turn a leaf over recently and there was a little black and white critter on there. And it turns out that he is a Patterson's Curse weevil and they are attracted. And what I didn't know is Patterson's Curse is from the Echium family, as is the Echium, obviously, that I have. So uh, it was attracted to my plant for that reason. And I did speak to someone in Deep Herd during the week and he said they will... Over summer in the ground, and uh, my problem, what I need to do is monitor him. They don't know if it would have been able to have its full life cycle. Mm. I may have interrupted that by coming along and doing what I did, I hope so. Uh, About next May, uh, with our first rains, is when they are likely to uh, become active again. But he Mm. did a lot of damage. It wasn't a good thing. And I was going through that plant last night, and he's not... He's okay, he seems to recover, but there is damage in that plant. There is a lot of damage in there. When you actually open the, um, you know, the foliage and get down in underneath, mm. there's, it's been attacked beautifully by this this uh, weevil.
2: So that's something people can look at their echiums, look closely and yeah. just see, you know, if they've had problems. Because it stopped it from
0: flowering, basically. Mm. It stopped it from flowering. I had one spray, you know, nothing. Yep. So it impacted it greatly. Okay, We should go for an ad break. So here we are just chatting. Thank you for reminding me. (laughs) Curtain radio. Thank you for your company this morning. You are with Let's Talk Gardening. Now, we did tell you to have your pen and paper near the radio. Rod and Hazel's open garden is on this weekend. The garden is called Silverdale. It is part of the Open Gardens WA scheme. And the garden is at 89 Scott Street in Helena Valley. Open today and tomorrow between 10 and 4. We did speak to Rod last week, of course. Uh, Beautiful garden open this weekend. 89 Scott Street in Helena Valley. What perfect weather to go out oh, looking at gardens! Absolutely, goodness
2: gracious! And there's man. something for everyone in that garden well, because you've seen it, right? I have. Yes, he's got Austin Healey's. His roses are looking magnificent. Mm. There's formal elements. There's uh, native plants. He's got a lovely seating nook at the around the front veranda. It's an older style home used and made by recycled bricks. They've got a veggie garden and chooks. What I love is just all these gardens that have sprung up. They haven't just sprung up, of course, but come
0: under uh, or that we are aware of. They're not under the radar. Um, Just so many beautiful gardens out there. That's just so um, uplifting. They're here in Perth.
2: Yes. And more. We're hearing more about them, which is fantastic. We're finding out that there is other groups setting up and opening gardens. One that we heard of this week, Ray. Well, not just one, but uh, there's... Jude Scott's 6th Annual Open Garden. So that's on the 6th and 7th of November. Uh, It's on by the Kids Cancer Support Group. 2,000 square metres, A to Z it's described (laughs) as. Everything from aquilegias to zygos. Quirky sculptures, shady seating niches, uh, see the gap and fill it type of garden. So lots of eclectic plants and there's also an art studio so quite often the case in open gardens it has been Mm -hmm. so for more information you can go to the website kcsg.org.au and that's kids cancer support group yeah Okay, well, we hope that one goes well next weekend.
0: We'll give that a mention next weekend to remind you as well. All right, let's head out to Thorny. We're talking about staghorn and elkhorn advice. Russell, good morning. Morning, Russell.
2: Good morning. Hello. He just ducked out of the room. Hang on a sec. Oh. <laughs> We're ready when you are, Russell.
5: Yeah, well, I was reading. I thought I'd better get a bit of paper to write down the information.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you can also go back to the podcast too. Ah, uh, What I've
5: um, got, I've got a staghorn. I'm pretty sure it's a staghorn because it's one one place, not different. So yeah. i heard you talking about staghorns and elkers. Yes. My sister and brother-in-law, brother-in-law gave it to me about 25 years ago. Oh, wow. And... Um, We've had a few problems with it over the time. It's the wires broken off it, and I've had to remount, not remount it, but hang, hang it up in different spots so it can sit. But yesterday, and I believe not on the day of her death, um, it fell off. Its oh. the staghorn has come apart from the wood.
0: Yeah, so heavy. It's
5: just laid in my garden there, mm-hmm. and. Uh, um I've looked on YouTube and everything else, and I'm look, trying to find someone or somewhere I can take it to get it remounted. I, I just don't want to lose it, that's all.
2: Okay. All right. Well, I can tell you the man. <laughs> um, and it would be the president of the uh, Fern Society, and
6: mm-hmm.
2: his name is John Savage or John B., John B will do. And I'm sure yeah. he won't mind me giving out his phone number over the air because this is what he does. Okay. And they don't answer their phone, so you leave a message. So okay. it's easy to remember, 1001. Yep. 9451? One.
5: No. Nine...
2: 9417?
5: 9417. 1001 1001 9417 1001.
2: Correct. And and you can tell him that Faye dobbed him in. Okay. <laughs> okay. Alright, you're welcome, Russell. Help. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Cheers. Bye. Bye. And let's go to
0: Ashfield. We're talking about a gall wasp on the lemon tree. Malcolm, hi. Uh,
3: good morning. Morning. Yeah. Uh, good morning. I just want to find out how can I eradicate the gall wasp on a lemon tree?
2: You need to cut it all out, Malcolm. No,
3: cut it all out. I'll be there for years to come. Yes. A big lemon tree. Yes,
2: yes. And I know, I know. Darren Senor did one of these recently, and the pile uh, was bigger than what you would fit into a trailer. And yeah. I'm pretty sure what they did—they gave the the tree a good prune. Uh, and then they solarized it all under black plastic.
3: Oh, okay. Mm. What does it actually come from? Uh, um, my parents used to have one when I was a kid, and uh, I've never even heard of it. All of a sudden, one of my the gardener that comes over. He says, "That's a uh, a gall wasp." Yes. Wherever, how did that come from? Well. Yeah.
2: You're in Ashfield, I think. The outbreak was around Embleton initially, and it spread. And Mm -hmm. the ag department is encouraging everyone to inspect their citrus trees, Mm -hmm. cut it out. Uh, You can mulch it, you can solarise it in black plastic bags. You can scrape it with a potato Mm -hmm. peeler, but if you do that all around the branch, you're actually Mm -hmm. ring barking that branch, Mm -hmm. and it's no good for fruiting. So you might as well take it off, Mm -hmm. and Destroy it. Oh, okay. Sorry okay. for the bad news, Malcolm. But there's oh, no.
3: Oh, right. Like I say, I've never even heard of it. Yeah. I've... So it must be just it must have just uh, came in um, from somewhere.
2: Recent, just... yeah. The last three years, it's been more of a problem.
3: Yeah. Okay. okay. No way. Thank you very much.
0: Good, Good luck. Thank you, Malcolm. Bye. 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 Okay, and we'll be back in a moment. Curtain Radio You're with Ray and Faye with Let's Talk Gardening and I think what I'll do now is give away our $75 gift voucher compliments of Kerry up there in Pickering Brook Bigger Trees Nursery, fabulous Bigger Trees. Uh, they have an extension range of frangipannies. And, of course, I, I do know that she's just put moved her frangipannies back from where they are stored over winter and back into the nursery. So it's uh, rapidly catapulting towards frangipani season. I can't wait, actually.
2: <gasps> do you know what I did this week, Ray? One of the tasks that's you been on my list. You actually did a big tick for you. Yep. You planted up all your frangipannies. Yeah, about 11, I think, we're up yeah, to now. 11 yeah. cuttings that have been laying around for months that were given to me. Brilliant. So I feel very pleased.
0: Yeah, so if you want to have a look, check out the Bigger Tree website, biggertrees.com.au, and bigger is spelled B-I-G-G-A. Here's my question. It's an easy question. Now, you do need to be a Curtin FM member not to have won a prize in the last 28 days, and our phone number is 94841927, and you'll be speaking with Bev. The question is, which flower does saffron come from? Which flower does saffron come from? Go to it now. Mm. Interesting.
2: $25 voucher up for grabs and you can do quite a bit of damage with that. And people can grow it in their own uh, gardens, in pots if they want to. It's easy to do. To grow saffron. Mm. Uh-huh. Or to get the saffron. Yeah.
0: Yep. Okay. Because it's very expensive to buy, right? I know. And it's back in vogue again, saffron, I believe. It's mm. in a lot of recipes. Because of all the cooking shows, Exactly. Think? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's very popular.
2: Now John's come in with some information on ingredients for slug poisons, and top of the list is iron the most um, the most common one is iron phosphate, and uh this is probably one of the safest ones uh What is nasty is the metaldehyde, which can be deadly to humans and animals and pollutes groundwater. But if people are having a problem at the moment with slugs, slugs. and snails, mm. putting out beer traps is a big help. You know, particularly in this wet, wet, damp weather. I I found that if you put them out around five o'clock, beer o'clock time. Oh, they, they little, like a beer o'clock Yeah, they oh. do because they're moving around in the colder, moister part of the day. Uh huh. Uh, during the day when it's hot, they're sheltering. They'll be in you're right, sauces. you they come and, out at night, don't they? Mm, yeah, so they move around. Pop, so put, yeah,
0: mm. when you're having your vino, yeah. put, think of your snails and slugs. Yes. They need a slope as well.
2: Now, we do have a winner.
0: We do have a winner already, guys. So oh, sorry that about was that. Oh, that it, it was very quick and a, a, a quite an easy question, I would mm. say. But very hey. good.
2: Yeah, so and check them the next morning. You can empty them quite easily. You can even... Feed the pickled slugs to your chickens. They don't mind them at all and it won't hurt them. That's assuming we have chickens, Mm. Faye. You forget that there's a lot of people Uh, like me in suburbia. I'm just saying I just like to be a little bit sustainable, Ray. Okay, for those who have chickens, yes. 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 Otherwise, we that don't, what would you do with them? Oh, bury it in the garden. Bury them in the garden. Mm. Or throw them in the worm farm. Yeah, okay. Value add. They'll break down. They're organic. Yeah. Back to, you know, dust to dust. <laughs> okay <laughs> Alright, what's next? I'll do another email, Ray So this has come from Teresa at Hopeland But she's moving to Boddington And she has these beautiful plants Putting on a stupendous display And what she sent us photo Is the, the conostylis and the grey form Now these are a, a clumping They're a grassy-looking plant. I love them. uh, I've seen them everywhere, yeah. They're they're through the bush. They've been flowering prolifically around verges. Now, they are a clumping plant. We talked a little bit about propagation earlier this morning and we talked a little bit about growing cuttings. But these plants clump and they spread by uh, rhizomes that just spill out and... They'll have another little fan of foliage. They will also put down roots from that point. So the the plant itself will actually spread. It will kind of walk out. So they, they throw out these stolons. The plant touches the ground. It's got its little fan of leaves and mm. it then goes and roots in the ground. Mm. So you could quite easily get some small pots put these around the edge of your plant and put them in and just poke them down with a little piece of wire or a little rock to weight it so that the the base of the leaf fan is touching the soil. It will then go on to root at its own own pace. The advantage of doing that is that it's still attached to the parent plant. Mm. Now, the best time to do this is after flowering and apparently there's a period of about... Two to three weeks when it works best. Oh. If you planted it out into the garden, you possibly might not get as good a result as if you took the the little fan and put it into potting mix in a shade house right. and kept it in controlled conditions. And of course, you can buy it. You can. In yes, but yeah, you know, if you keep, want to keeping it. your plant contained. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we plant a plant. And the problem is plants walk and I'm finding this a lot in my garden. You've got a gap, you fill it with something that's easy to grow and five years down the track that easy to, to grow plant mm. has taken over mm. and wiped out other, more precious plants yeah, good idea in its at the way. Time. Mm. Plants that are doing that in my garden at the moment are some of the Alstroemerias, um, is that a bad thing? They can be ripped out pretty easily, but they can take off. Ray, the area that it's taken over, it's not desirable, but you may find that you're getting lots of Alstomeria uh, flowers in your posies to take home. <laughs> I don't mind. Yeah, Very good. I can see some right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's, it's the tubers. And, yeah, I know. you know, the problem is mm. I pull them up and I leave them in because, that pile. And, the, yeah. and that pile then has spread over around a big area. Mm, And I I want prettier plants. Yeah. We've got to go somewhere right
0: now. We certainly do. It's nine o'clock. Right now it's 17.2 degrees, heading for a sunny maximum of 25 and tomorrow mostly sunny with a gorgy maximum of 25. And on Monday, there may be a shower or two up to a mil of rain with a maximum of 20. And as I mentioned earlier, our rainfall for October so far is 122.8 mils, which is a new record. Our last record was set back in 1999 of 96.4 mils. So definitely broke a record in October for our rainfall. We have been joined in the studio by none other, the Mr Bob Melville. Good morning and thank you for trekking in.
7: Morning, Ray and, and Faye.
0: She
2: morning said. Bob, lovely to have you yeah,
7: here Lovely morning, a bit <gasps> different in here
2: it's, Yeah, it's quite warm in here <laughs> I, bet, I bet you've done three hours work in the garden oh, already Not
7: three, mind. I was going to but I was told not to so.
0: oh. <laughs> oh, okay, I bet you've been working hard because you're Very, yes with your, the, the, the clock is ticking now for your open
7: garden next week. That's weekend. right, yeah mm. So the, the roses are, fortunately uh, have been slow Yeah, so they're I've going to late. be
0: optimum, aren't they? Yeah Hopefully. Yes. Um, Yes, fingers crossed. So
7: then, um, you know, it's never right when you uh, want something to perform at the right time. No, no,
0: Murphy's Law and all of that. But
7: it's looking beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Yeah. no,
0: we'll all be coming. Thank you. Now, just to interrupt you, Brandy in Quinana Beach, she has lost her gorgeous golden ferret uh, about 9pm last night. Now, we do have Brandy's details if you happen to have found her much beloved pet which is a golden ferret and uh, there would be nothing worse than losing your pet. So we really uh, hope that someone has been able to to find it and uh, we have Brandy's details here and she'd urgently like to uh, be reunited. And um, Carol from Byford, Faye, she'd wanted you to repeat your beer trap slug snail recipe. And also <laughs> well- our winner is Anna uh, with regard to our... I've got papers going in all directions here. Our prize this morning from Trees in Pickering brook the $75 voucher is yours, Anna. It will be in the mail to you this week. Our question was, which flower does saffron come from? And the answer is crocus. It's a very, very pretty bulb. It yeah, is. We don't talk
2: about it very often. Well, no, they're very expensive to buy, but you, you sometimes well, can't find them it? for sale around <laughs> yeah. Perth. And yeah. garden festivals quite Digger, often. Diggers.
7: Yeah. Garden Club, they have it. And sometimes and uh, uh, not Trelaws, Tesla's.
0: Tesla, mm-hmm. yeah. okay. Yeah, no, it's very, very beautiful. So, yeah, so enjoy that, Anna. And do let us know what yeah. you get up to with it. Uh, we can't wait.
2: So I'll get you go back to your beer recipe. Right, well, at 5 o'clock, beer when o'clock. it's beer o'clock <laughs> or wine, uh, you get mm. out there with your drink and you have little sauces set up. So it only has to be shallow and you kind of just depress them into the surface of the soil so they're level with mm. the top of the soil or mulch. Yeah, you can just stroll in. And you just put a little slurp of beer in there and the the slugs come in and they drown. How many would you have around your garden? Well, I I have bobtails around my garden, so they I haven't them. been using them of late, mm. but I used to do it in the, the aquaponics beds yeah. many years ago. Mm. And the results were amazing, and that's what happened. you know i'd be having a drink and surveying the garden and and see the slugs come out and put in saucer and actually mm. the top of a, um, a a retic fitting the cap that goes on a storm water pipe, yeah upside down, and you can put a decent amount of beer in that, and they they come in and they drink and they can't get out again. Mm-hmm. End okay. of story. So the next morning, you you empty your traps. Okay, mm. sounds good. And you can buy traps too. You can get you can actually buy the
0: traps. Yeah, and uh, use them slug pubs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've got a few.
2: But Bob, you don't have a problem with slugs and snails in your garden because uh, a
7: little, but we we use a commercial, a slug and snail pellet, which is rain fast, so it doesn't. If it rains, it doesn't disappear.
0: Ah, yes, because most uh, products that we would buy, it yeah. does turn to mush pretty quick yeah. once the rains come. Yeah.
7: So the, the snail and slug pellets don't have any effect on the worms.
0: Yes, you were saying.
7: So, you know, we, we use modern um, chemicals mm-hmm. um, to make my load a little bit easier as far as weeds are concerned. So if you're growing weeds and they're they're good weeds, you know your soil's healthy.
2: Mm, okay, that's
7: positive for you, yeah. Faye.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you wouldn't have a weed in your garden with, a, oh, with yes, one we week do. out from the open garden?
7: Mainly because I recycle most things. So recycling, yeah. you always get some weeds with it. So, yeah, recycling's our saviour.
2: Good. Good. So I was talking to Ray this morning about the biomass that you have in a garden, the the bigger and older the garden, the more mm. biomass you have, the more weeds, the more prunings. How do you manage, or well, you'd have rose prunings.
7: Yeah, I don't think the age is anything because age covers the ground. So without mm. sunlight, you don't get weed problem. So as my garden gets older and, and everything grows, the sun doesn't reach the, 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 the ground so that the the weeds don't germinate. So it's essential that people know why that things happen. Mm. So um, I if you do have weeds and you allow them to, to set seed, it takes seven years, but you've got to not allow it to reseed again mm. within seven years. And then you have some control.
2: So what do you do with all your prunings? How do you recycle them?
7: Well, I should recycle them by putting them through a mulcher so if you're pruning your roses or anything, you should have a mulcher there and put it straight back onto the onto the ground itself. That's how Mother Nature did it Intended, years ago. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Talking, I was talking about um, the rose, how old it was. It's been carbon dated 37 million years old.
2: Wow. That's amazing. So
7: I know you've got a, a little problem with a listener, mm. that her leaf has gone yellow and hasn't got a lot of black on it, but it's got lots of brown on it. That's... And this
2: was Cindy's email from last week. Was it?
7: Yeah. Okay. Mm. So, Cindy, if you're listening, um, what's happened is your, your rose doesn't look in, in good condition, may, may need a good feed, but that's a natural occurring thing for roses to do. Is um, That's how Mother Nature fed it 37 million years ago. and <coughs> The black spot um, attacked it. It fell on the ground. It was processed, and then your microorganisms process it again so that the plant can eat it. So it's quite simple if you know how Mother Nature works. Mm. And unfortunately, not a lot is said about how Mother Nature really does work. Yeah. So it just needs a good feed. It it looks as though it's been burnt. Mm. The edges, when the edges go brown... Normally, the the plant is lacking uh, water in the in the actual ground, and it draws it from the furthest point. So um, that's another thing. It might be uh, somewhere where it's uh, not getting it sufficient water. But we have had rain, but the rain doesn't always penetrate in right. certain parts mm-hmm. of the garden. Exactly. And I think
2: Cindy's photo looks like it's in a pot, and of course, with foliage over the top, it kind of acts like an umbrella. So although we've had rain, it may not have got into the base of the pot. It's also sitting in a saucer. Uh,
7: Plus, Faye, that uh, if it hasn't been repotted in the last, you know, it's been in the pot for a few years, it's wanting to get out of that pot or re-put some new soil in, basically cut the uh, root system back 50% and the uh, top of it um, two-thirds, Take it off and leave a third, and repot it. You can do that now. It's under stress, so it won't worry it. And basically, keep it in a shady area until it starts to grow again.
2: Mm, very good, thank you. So, Bob, tell us about your garden, please. My garden. Yes. Well, we all my want garden's
7: to know. only very young. It's only about three, three That's, and a half yeah, years. Yeah. Um, it looks as though it's been there for a while, especially the roses. Um, and I've planted like they do in Europe, that they plant not just one of this and one of that. I've planted twenty-five of blocks of colour. Uh, or... No, well, some are blocks, mm. but I, at the front of my house, I've got um, things like Bosca Bell. There's probably oh. about forty-five <laughs> of those, and oh. then uh, Princess Al- Alexandria of Kent, oh my which is above that, and then above that is the the stand standard brilliant um, pink iceberg, no. which is flowering beautifully at yeah. the moment. And then I've got a bay uh, hedge, which is behind that. And then I've got the grassed area. And then uh, a, a water feature, quite a big water feature with water lilies in it. Oh, how
0: beautiful.
7: And on the sides there's perennials and roses and hedges. And,
0: so it's a romantic garden. Uh, Sounds well, it. It's
7: getting there, yeah. Mm. Beautiful. When I'm out there, it's quite... Oh, you feel quite romance re- or? Oh, <laughs> It all depends on who's there. Who's
0: there? <laughs> uh,
8: uh, watch out is just to Bob's garden next uh, weekend. Oh, no, it sounds absolutely
0: uh, stunning. The Bosco Bell is just divine.
7: Yeah, it is, isn't it? Mm. Lovely rose. Not mm. big. Mm. It's a good size. Mm. Yeah, and no, I'm,
0: it, you created a vision anyway in our minds already. Mm. I'd like to
2: hear more about the perennials. Mm.
7: The perennials. Well, um, because I've, I'm under... Some stress, uh, the brain doesn't always work. Mm. But lots of foxgloves, um, ah, Elstrom areas. Mm. Uh, I ju- I've just solvers. Do you have solvers? Uh, I've got. I've started mainly because my son's got. That's right. Hundreds of them out that's, there. That's So right. I thought oh, mm. I won't compete with with yeah. Robbie. Yeah. And so I've just planted some in a, in a, an area where I thought they'd they'd look all right. So mm. it's a matter of. Um, thinking where you can put these plants because I'm a bit greedy, I like all plants. <laughs>
0: yeah, don't <laughs> yeah. we all? And we're all greedy as so, gardeners, can't help ourselves. You're yeah. in good company here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So
7: there's a lot of um, Louisiana's that are flowering oh. now. They're about a metre, over a metre yeah, high. Yeah. And they're bearded irises and. Um, oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, lots of things. So you have to come and see. Well, we, we, sure we
0: definitely will be. We definitely well, if it's
2: anything be. like what Melville's Rose Garden used to be like in Carmel, with your restaurant, it—I I remember that garden. You had the walkways and just all the the beautiful perennials, full of colour. It was a real cottagey garden, wasn't it?
7: Yeah. The thing is that I haven't got any slaves anymore. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you can't tell someone to go and do it. You've got to do it yourself. But, um yeah, I've done a lot, and I've got um, – I've probably got five hectares that I look after. Oh, my goodness. And you're supported
0: by the West Coast Gardens as well?
7: I'm supported. Uh, they're, <laughs> they're manning they're, the gate. They're coming. Yeah, they're coming.
0: <laughs> oh, but, I thought they helped with the refreshments and things. Oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. The
7: girls will be in my uh, There you go. In my kitchen. Yeah, that's the kind of support you need. Tess, Tess and my – um mm-hmm. kitchen yeah which is a country style kitchen so gorgeous yeah no. Yeah. so
2: and dumb. the garden will be filled with music and the sound of happy gardeners
7: i'm not sure who's doing the music mm. so but there's going to be a sculptress there a sculptress
0: who, yeah so what does that
2: mean no, a sculpture on? oh a sculpture. sculpture. First, yeah
0: someone that makes sculptures yes oh, what do you, what do you call them i don't know you just said a sculptress
2: well,
7: it sounds like a female so, to me, but it it's does. a man.
0: Oh, okay. A sculptor. So, yeah. A sculptor.
7: I'll have to ask him. <laughs> his name is Robert Henchcliffe, and he, he's done um, some of the major sculptures in, um, in Perth. Okay. So uh, Jagen's one of them. Oh, wow. So okay. he's going to be there with his sculptures and talk to the
2: general public. Is there going to be a brass head of Bob Melville? Um,
7: I don't know. know. Is it going to be a surprise sculpture? Well, you're supposed to die before you get them
0: done. Now, it's wheelchair and pram friendly. so Okay, so people can move around quite easily. Yeah. Okay, are you allowed to bring a puppy dog on a lead? Of course. Okay, the tick. (laughs) Ella will
2: be there. (laughs) She will be. She was well behaved at my garden the other day.
7: We've got a sign that uh, when you enter the house that um, the dog, which is Jack, he's a little um, Maltese. Mm -hmm. And he has to make sure that the the people that do come are are, are worthy of coming into the house or whatever. Uh It's a sign that Tessa, a...
0: character. He measures the character. he's a character, yeah. Yeah, no. Those dogs are very good that way. Yeah, they are. And I, I believe what they say, too. Absolutely. Well,
7: he's very bossy.
0: (laughs) Aren't they all? Yeah. Where does he
7: get that
2: from? Um, Well,
7: Tessa wanted a dog, um, uh, mainly for her father before he died. And uh, so she looked around the place and um, there's a, 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 um, a store there that does dog clipping. It's called the Clip Joint. And they found... Uh, a dog for Tess and uh, yeah it was perfect so he's a little lap dog white yeah cute and he's cute yeah he's very cute mm. yeah he's a bit of a chick a chick magnet <laughs> so yeah so,
2: yeah. so you I, take him for walks and... I take
7: him to get clipped but um, <laughs> uh, Tess takes him now so because mm. so you bring like
2: back to... all the chicks yeah Bob, you're a character.
0: Okay, now we do have Bob Melville in the studio with us. He's also the president of the Rose Society of WA and a member of the Hawke Media Association and very much an iconic and well-known rose grower. So here's your opportunity to ask any question you would like of Bob 94841927. Curtain
6: Radio
0: You're with Ray and Faye and our special guest this morning, Bob Melville, President of the Rose Society of WA. Now, there is a plant fundraiser happening at the moment. It's on to the 5th of November and it's in support of Afghan refugees. Now, it's happening in South Perth at the South Perth Learning Centre. That is where it is. And... The information that I ha- ha- sorry, have is a little bit limited, but there are plants and seedlings available which have been grown and donated by the members of the SPLC Plant Fundraiser Society and the profits support Afghan refugees through ANHCA. And there are a variety of plants and posies and gardening books and uh, even pop plant cosies all sorts of things there on today till the 5th of November uh, plant fundraiser uh, on behalf of raising some dollars for the Afghan refugees okay so it's South Perth Learning Centre so if you can pop in there do a good deed okay carry on shall we head out to oh, the we lines should. yes all right we're talking about a kaffir lime tree Valerie good morning
8: oh hi uh, Faye and Ray uh, yes, I've got a kaffir lime tree uh, in the ground, and it's doing really well right now. It's about a meter high. I want to move it and put it into a pot. Is it a good time?
2: Uh, yes, I, I think can't see a problem with that at all. And being a meter high, it won't be terribly hard to to dig it up and pot it up now. Yeah. Uh, when you do, just. Move as much of the root ball as you can. If it hasn't been there for very long, it sounds like it's still a small tree.
6: It's you... been there for a couple
8: of years, but it's only just taken off. And right now, it's full of blossom, new shoots and, you know, little limes. And I'm a bit worried about moving it. Mm. But I do
2: want to. Well, if it is in the wrong place, now is a a good time from that perspective, and just take as much of the root ball as you can put it into a good quality potting mix put it in the shade and you will lose the flowers will drop and it won't set fruit but really cap lime tree is more designed for for leaves in cooking anyway
8: yes, yes yes i use it quite a lot
2: and i'd also probably give it a a drink of seaweed before and after
8: right that's good okay then i'll do that okay Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good day. You too.
2: Bye. Bye. And Ray, we also received an email about a mango tree from Nolene, and yeah. there's she sent in in photos of bark which is um, crackled, mm. and you know potentially it's it's dying or rotting. Yeah. And this is a a typical sign of anthracnose. Yeah. Um, I think probably my favourite treatment for something like this is would be the anti-rot, anti-rot, and that's systemic. So spray that over the foliage. Follow the instructions on the bottle. And do you think it will survive? Well, it looks like a very big tree. Mm, It is Um, a big tree. Mm. I I don't imagine this has just happened. Mm. It may have been happening over a period of time, and it may be been
0: noticed. Be
2: worse because of the the ongoing wet winter that we've had. Yeah. So, yeah, it's okay. the it's the best chance. Yeah,
0: quite right. Do we dare talk about chilli-thrip? Has it reared its head? As Are you aware of any issues out there?
7: Not at the moment.
0: Great, okay. Doesn't... The roses everywhere have just been the best season, yeah. right? Is that just because of the weather we've had? Weather, yeah.
7: There you go. Mainly, um, you know, I've noticed this year some of the areas where the the sprinklers don't sort of reach, hmm. um, so I've I've changed the pump now, so I've got more hmm. pressure. Um, it, it's still dry, so hmm. um, because we've had more rain, they've had more water. So water and 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 um, a bit of food and and some sunshine.
0: We're in business.
7: oh uh, yeah. I mean the the flowers are bigger, brighter. Yes. And once the sun comes out, it starts to um make them um it fades Mm. um but say in in england where it's cloudy all the time they have their color is a lot better Mm. not always Mm. but in some varieties like some of the david Austins, they don't like the cold Mm. they like warmth and they get color with warmth but Mm. some of the others are the opposite Mm. so normally what happens is if if the ground's dry um, it'll take it from the furthest point and the furthest point is the flower. So um, if people realise that if they can see the uh, flower and it's only quite young and it's starting to um, sort of see some stress, mm. then it's nine times out of ten, it's water. Yeah. okay. So most people want to give it some more food because they think it needs more food. Well, you kill it quicker by mm. giving it food. Just mm. make sure that the water content in your in your soil and mulching is is very important.
0: Mm. Yes, yeah, I have young roses, which I, I bought through your son, and uh, they nearly died from chilli They were small when they got came under attack. And I got to a stage where I thought, I've did, done everything I can. You're either going to live or you're not, and I just have to step away. They are blooming. They are just so healthy. Yeah. I am grateful, you know, and uh, it knocked them around something shocking. Really did, because, you know very very small small. in the ground when they got hit and oh they're just coming into their own now and they just yeah they do without it sounds crazy but it does it makes your heart sing when you see your plants flowering after nearly dying yeah
7: Robbie's place is looking beautiful i bet it is yeah Yeah. it's lovely yeah
2: and of course that's somewhere else people can go next weekend when they come up to your garden that's true because you're next um, door right right next door okay so that's melville's rose and garden in case anyone wasn't (laughs) wasn't too sure but they've got an a, an amazing amount of salvias and roses on display. Yeah. It's garden style. It is, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's very beautiful.
7: romantic. And, and, yeah, if you're a bit stressed, go up there and just I wander around. Do decompress. One As, of the roses I I did see there, which is a David Austin Climber uh, Tranquility. Um, I don't know whether you've heard of it. I don't think he's released it yet. What colour is it? It's white. Okay. And it's a flat... Um, flower it's not sort of high centre or anything mm. but it's a typical heritage style um, white rose just magnificent, mm. beautiful foliage
0: What's your favourite white rose?
7: Um, favourite uh, for making money is iceberg Yeah. <laughs> but he, iceberg is basically a, a maintenance free rose if you Yeah don't that's why people it, like it it'll mm-hmm. still, still perform mm. the only thing that it does get old quick because it doesn't send water shoots up from the base mm-hmm. and that's something that um isn't easy for some people to control mm. because um, the life of your plant is in this in the stem so if you're plumbing like my plumbing isn't as good as it should be but mm. um mm. as you get older you get plaque and stuff mm. so when you've got gray stems your rows except iceberg normally will um Suffer and, and won't flower, and you know, you keep putting water and food in, get rid of it. But with yeah. icebergs, totally different. Iceberg will last for, for ages. Okay. And it's it's um, maintenance free. Yes. If you don't spray it, it'll still perform mm. or deadhead it. So, yeah. what
2: would be the life of most roses, Bob?
7: Uh, unfortunately, Anna is a lot longer than anywhere else in the world. Um, so, um, some of the roses you see out in, in, in the old farm areas could be, you know, 60, 80 years old. Mm-hmm. Because the Rose Society now is coming up to its 90th year, mm-hmm. this next coming year. And a lot of the roses were budded on Fortune that have survived. Previously uh, in Perth, that, let's say, uh, around the 1912, 15 area, um, they um, roses were known that they couldn't grow them in Perth only in the hills so that's when Fortuniana came into popularity um, for a rootstock
2: mm. And where did that come from?
7: Uh, it came from Kew Gardens and it was uh, called Fortuniana because uh, the botanist Fortune, Fortune um, he got it from China so one of the one, or, but I know both the parents one is the thornless um, white bank rose and the other is a bracteata which is the female side which it set seed um, and that's a terrible thing for black spot and thorny if you want to if you want to keep the vandals out mm. if you can get it that will uh, do it plant mm. a bracteata it's like the dog rose it's, mm-hmm. it's just finished flowering but it's it's a female side of it so, yeah, it's got hooked, and if you get in, you d- you don't get out. Mm. So that's why there are thorny Fortuniana and thornless.
0: I see. Interesting.
7: But very tough rose for a rootstock. Okay. It's, it's yeah. well known right throughout the world that Perth mm. is one of the, the premium places to, to grow, grow, grow roses. roses. Yes.
0: Quite right. Yeah. So give us some of your favourites.
7: Give us some of your favourites. Yeah, I know. That's like how like, long is a piece of string. I know that's yes. very
0: hard. Okay, give us, I'll shorten it for you, your favourite red
7: rose. Uh, well, my favourite red rose probably have to be um, Mr. Lincoln okay. or Papa Milan.
0: Yes, okay.
7: Um, And there are some new ones. Mm. Um, um, Sir Donald Bradman came out thinking it was going to be a good rose, but it hasn't performed like it should do. Okay. Um, and another smaller growing one, which gets old quick, which is unfortunate. And that's uh, Red Cross. Mm-hmm. We I planted about, I don't know, fifty Red Cross. Yeah. Because when I had the cafe, we used to make our cordial um, from Red Cross. Make okay. some magnificent red um, rose
2: red cordial. cordial. Yeah. From the the petals.
7: The petals. Yes. Okay. So. That's another one for a pot, but it does. It hasn't got a, a long life.
2: Okay.
0: Um, yeah. So, so these it, are interesting tips for all of us. Breeding, yeah.
7: yeah. So the whatever's bred in it, or oh, mm. it's breeding. I don't know. I don't look at it, I don't have time mm. to sit down and mm. look at those things. But um, red roses, um, like the Dark Lady in in um, in David Austin's, that's one of my favourite. In autumn, it is the most magnificent rose you'll ever see. Dark lady. Yes, the dark lady. Okay,
0: I'll have to
2: check that one out.
7: So I've got about, I don't know, 50 of them, I think, Mm. in my back garden.
2: Mm. You'll be able to check them out next week, Yeah, exactly, exactly. So what about roses along the lines of how good the iceberg is? Ones that are disease resistant, perform even if you do nothing. Easy care, Mm. a lazy gardener's. Rose, delight, yes.
7: Um, but oh, I think you know there there are some exceptions, but um, they all get black spot, and they all get a few problems. And what you're saying is, um, probably a lot of the David Austins, believe it or not, are are, are very um, tolerant okay. to um, things like black spot and that. I've got uh, Golden Celebration, which is just magnificent at the moment. It grows to one one and a half meters, probably one and a half meters by one and a half meters wide. Wow! Just a magnificent rose. When you come down the drive, um, you'll you. you It's going to pop. It pops. It's mm-hmm. it's got a, a massive flower on it. Mm. It doesn't last as long as uh, I'd like it to, but that is a very good rose bosca bell and and um um, princess alexandra of kent Mm. those two roses as far as a pink rose is concerned is magnificent um sophie's rose is 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 um bulletproof which is a very dark sort of uh, pink cerise color Mm. uh, very upright good Mm. for a, a small hedge Mm-hmm. Um and doesn't worry even in the middle of winter, it can be raining cats and dogs and it, it it's not affected. Mm. So there are those freaks. Yes mm. um, we like them yeah and um, like gold bunny and things like yeah. that, they they're they're pretty well um, uh, bulletproof yeah they, yeah they, they'll perform and keep flowering and and the mm. modern rose really, when you look at it, is, is so strong. Mm. my son looks after that my youngest boy looks after the roses in the city of Kalamunda and mm. that they are magnificent this year, just mm. a credit to him. So.
0: And I, I always remember you saying some years ago, you know, roses in general are one, if probably the most generous plant, because what how many you know plants flower for the length of time they do all year round, almost nine, ten months of the year. Yes, that's right, yeah. yeah.
7: So, yeah, the rose gives you so much and, and gives you so, much so back. Little. Exactly.
0: Yes. We're in Morley
2: chatting to Rosemary. Good morning. Morning, Good morning, Rosemary. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. We've got Bob here.
7: Hello, Rosemary.
9: Hello, Bob. My question for you is that I've got three roses I've been in the garden for about, um, well, at least 10 years. They're white dysfloribundas. And can, do I have to wait until next year to transplant them?
7: So are they, have you looked after
9: them well? Yes, they're, they're lovely. They're beautifully flowering now, but I just want them in, in another position. So I didn't want to do the wrong, wrong thing.
7: Well, it, it's better to leave them until um, July. But right, okay. If, if I want to move something, I move it today. I don't don't wait for another nine months. So the reason why I asked you about um, was it growing well, um, it it gets a bigger shock. If it's struggling and you dig it out um, and you you wash all the soil off. So um, I better finish what I was going to say. Um, If you've got um, a rose that's suffering, you dig it out, You basically prune it back to nothing, root prune it, make sure there's no soil left on it. Right, okay. And and you uh, put it in a nice um, pot with good Mm -hmm. open soil. Must be good open soil. And you can can put your food in there straight away, which is uh, Mm -hmm. slow release. Uh, mm-hmm. Eight to nine months must be eight to nine months. Don't get three to four or five to six because it'll re- right. release too quick. Mm-hmm. Right. So you put the uh, you put the uh, slow release, um, not at the bottom of the pot, but where, at the bottom where the roots are going to sit on.
2: So right. That okay. So when it
7: starts mm-hmm. to grow, it'll get food immediately. Right. Okay. So, but you must prune it back. Because you've so
9: I've got to prune it back, even, yes. yeah, even though it's beautifully flowering yes. now. I can still yep. just put, prune it right the way back. Yeah, right back. So no soil on it. Yep. Right. Okay. And, and root so prune got, it. Root prune it. Right. Yep. Okay. And so it, I've got three of them, so I put them in three different pots, and then just because I do want to just move them into another part of the garden.
7: Well, so, no, um, you can you can put them in the garden. I can put
9: them straight yeah, in yeah. then.
7: Yeah, I thought you oh, wanted to put God. them in pots, but
9: no, that's No, 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 no. I just want to move them because I'm just, um, I'm just putting more brick paving where I need to get these out. And, okay. um But I, but I just thought I've got the perfect spot already for them. But I and I want to do it now. We'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought so. I can do that if yeah. I, if I do all of that and put the slow release in there.
7: Yeah. So if there's any old pieces of wood, make sure you cut mm-hmm. them out and leave as right. the youngest. That you can find. Right, okay. Because you're taking most of the root system away that feeds them, mm-hmm. you need to right. reduce the, the top, even if they've got right. no foliage on. But, right. okay. And try and protect them if it does get really hot very quickly. Yeah,
9: quick. yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. And just use the slow release. Yes. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much that I'm going and, to do that and, now. I'll, yes. Um, and don't bury them too deep. No, okay, okay. okay, not too deep as well That's right. All right, thank you very much for your advice today thank You're welcome you. Thanks, bye, Rosemary bye. Bye-bye
0: And let's head to Mount Rishon Wendy, good morning What's wrong? Car break oh, Good morning Okay, All Wendy, right. do you mind? if you Are you able to hold? We've just got to have a quick break And uh, we'll come straight back to you Yes Okay, one moment, we'll come back Thanks, Wendy Okay, and straight back to our
9: call. Are you there, Wendy?
0: Yes. Thanks for that. Yes, Wendy.
1: Uh,
9: Bob, would you know the name of a rose? It's coral in colour, and it has a yellow stripe through it.
7: Well, there's a few um, that are like that, and I'm just trying to think. Um, And I'm just trying to think of the breeder.
2: Are they like called Candy something? There's
7: Candy Stripe, but that's not growing anymore. Um, No, these are these come from France, and I can't think of his name. And I can't think of the names Um, mainly because I've uh, I haven't got any in my garden, but I used to grow them before. Uh, Maybe if you give my son a ring. Um, at Melville's Rose and Garden, I know I'm not supposed to do that, but um, he's got a lot of the Delbards. They're called. What
9: what say that again?
7: Delbard roses.
9: D E L.
7: Yeah, Delbard.
9: Del- Delbard. Delbard yes.
7: roses, and they uh, there's a lot of striped roses there, yellow um, or um, orange with yellow stripes and all that sort of stuff. So have you seen one before?
9: Yes, um, the chap that lives just up the road from me um, has a bush that's just about dead, the bush. Right. Um, Every year he has, you know, these roses come on it. Um, And yes, I just like it. And I'd like to get one for him to replace uh, for him.
2: There you go. You'll be able well, to pick one up next weekend, Wendy, after yeah. you've been to Bob's open garden.
7: Never thought of that. <laughs> eh? <laughs> Bob's open. But, but I, I'm sorry I couldn't remember. Normally I can, but um, obviously uh, brain's not working it like it used to.
9: Okay. How do I get in touch with your son then, Delbard? Uh, would you have the number?
7: Uh, no. Um, his, his business name is Melville's Rosen Garden. Okay. All right.
9: right. I'll look that up. Good. Thank you
0: you very much. Sorry
7: for that, Wendy. (laughs)
0: Bye. Bye for now. And let's head to Bell Divers. We're chatting with Jill. Good morning. Good
8: morning. Hi, Jill. Morning. Hi. Uh, Yes, I've got a rose that I had last year and it was climbing but didn't put out any flowers. So this year I've moved it to a different spot where it gets a bit more sun and it's It's looking beautiful and healthy, but still no flowers on it. So I'm just wondering what I can put on it to make it flower.
7: You're feeding it too much.
8: Feeding it too much?
7: Yes. So do you know what uh, climber it is?
8: giving it the black marble. No, I don't think. I've got three tickets here, but I don't think it's either in any of those. What colour is it? Um, Well, it would have been red, because I always buy the red ones. Do you? I don't know whether it's the black boy. I've got a ticket here for the black boy. I'm not sure whether it could be that one.
7: Is it very fragrant, dark? Red?:
8: Well, it hasn't got any flowers on it. I've got the ticket. Is the it dark red? Yes.
2: Is it maybe just the time, Bob? Like does it need more time? No, it should. No,
7: in well, Western Australia, they flower at a very young age. Okay. Um, so um, if it's never flowered. Is it a big? Has it grown big?
8: Well, it's only just starting to grow up now. About it would be only about a meter. Meter. Looking very healthy.
7: Well, it could be. It could be um, black boy. But black boy Mm -hmm. normally will flower even if it's in a little bit of shade
8: so
2: do you find that with the climbing roses instead of just letting them grow up you need to train them laterally
7: well once you get them started yes because if you expose the canes to the the Mm. sun that's wet they'll flower all the way along that cane okay so being only a meter
8: yeah, well I just want them to go up and across my veranda like, you know, I've got these posts and I just want it to go across there. If there's any sticking out, I normally chop them off.
7: Well, you, uh, Mother Nature doesn't like that. Oh. Mother Nature likes it. They, <laughs> if it's sticking out, it's looking for the sun. Yes,
8: all right. So
7: if you understand that, with, with <laughs> Black Boy, Black boy's not a huge climber.
2: So, so not designed to go up and along a no. veranda it doesn't want to get Ma- there. The only mm. ones are
7: the um, uh, here we go again um, uh, the heritage some of the heritage roses that will mm-hmm. will do that uh, there are very few that will um, mm-hmm. things like um,
5: uh,
7: Lamarck which is a white Right, um, um, crepuscule, which is apricot, they uh will grow and grow well on old stems, but a lot of the one years ago it was really good, yes, beautiful. Anyway, I'm not sure whether that
8: one's a black boy
7: or
8: not, but anyway, I'm not sure what it is
7: really. So, if it's not flowering, it wants to grow. Most climbers. Mm -hmm. Most mm. climbers will um, grow, and then once they get their structure, then they'll flower.
2: Bob, do you think the ones that Jill's cut off could have been the ones that would have flowered?
7: Probably, yes, mm. definitely. Oh,
8: really?
2: Oh. Back to the drawing board, Jill.
7: <laughs> Sorry, Jill, I can't see the colour yes, and, and oh, the plant.
8: <laughs> million ones that I
7: like. You know, they change colour. They're absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, all, most roses are good.
8: Yeah, they get the black spot all the time. I keep spraying for the black spot, but it still keeps coming back, I suppose, because probably when I spray in the rain, washing it all up all the time.
7: Well, a good spray is copper oxychloride.
8: Okay. So Jill, we
0: have to move on, love. And can I remind okay. um, yourself and all our listeners to turn the radio off in the background because the call is is very difficult oh, to have sorry. because for other listeners tuning in, very difficult to be able to follow. But go, uh, take sorry. care, love. Okay? Okay, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank Cheers you. for that. Bye. Yeah, just um, t- turn your radio off once we uh, answer the phone. Okay, here we go. We're in Maddington. Pat, good morning.
6: Oh, good morning. Um, can you hear me? All sure right. can. Okay, I've, I've packed up. I'm in my car. So I've packed up. About three years ago, um, I bought three uh, Pope John Paul II white roses yes. uh, on a, a standards. Um, I had to go to standards because I ran out of ground space. <laughs> my garden was so had so many roses. I find I can get more in if I have tall standards. I can put things more things in, like you know, salvias years yep, roses. Yep. Anyway. God. Uh, the first year, the the middle white rose didn't uh, come along like the two on the outside. I put them in a row. Exactly the same, soil improver, fertiliser, treatment, water. So I thought, well, give the girl a chance. So the second year is the same, very little on her. And I know she's pruned correctly because James does all my pruning and has done for the past 12 years or more. And this year, it's just the same. It's this little weedy thing in the middle. And, uh, you know, I paid the same price from the same reputable rose grower. And uh, I was told, just just give it a little bit of slow release and give it a deep watering. Now, I, every time I have a flush of flowers and I prune them, I feed them again. And I get really good flowers all the year round. And they all get watered exactly the same. And I, I just don't know what to do with her. I hate the thought of digging her out, you know? Why is that? Well, well, you know, um, I just don't like to give up on anything in the garden, really. Well,
7: well, don't give up. Get a nice big pot and put it in there and see what happens.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Also, I had a rose down the back. I've got about 57 roses on a small block, and it's magnificent. At this moment, it's breathtaking. Um, I had a pink rose down the back and I pruned it, well, I didn't, James pruned it down, and it's come up this year, and it looks like a tuppledy delight. It's entirely different. The color it's a beautiful rose, but it's certainly not like the pale pink one I've had for the last three years. Do roses do that?
7: Uh, well, they don't like to dye them like no one wants to, to to dye, so they think, oh, well, I'll grow out the back instead of out the front. Um, yeah, um, probably sunlight.
6: Right. Oh, it could be that because I did prune the big bush that was behind it Yep, it's, it's it'll, it'll be sunlight. Be
4: yeah.
6: Oh. Oh, great. Thank you. Um, also, um, years and years and years ago, I had an old friend, and he gave me a list of roses, fragrant roses and nice roses, and one of them was Montezuma. And yes. he said, "Montezuma is one of the best roses for cutting. It lasts ages in water in the house." Um, and I've not seen it for donkey's years. And then I saw one in a some hardware store where I don't usually buy my roses because, you know, different reasons. And um, but it, it looked like pink. Now the old Montezuma was orange and yellow.
7: Orangey colour, yeah. That was yeah, it one was of
6: the. orangey colour and it had like yellow shadings on it. It was beautiful. Wow. You know, um, and so I don't know what's happening with the names of roses and, of them ever changing. I, so, you know.
0: Pat, what we're going to do, I have to go to a short break. So, I'll um, hang up this call and Bob can respond to you after our break if you're still listening. Yes, thank okay. you. Okay, thanks, love. Cheers for that. Go well. Take care. Okay. Radio. Today's show is sponsored by Soil Solver, Landscape Industries Association Product of the Year. The answer lies in the soil. And so it does. And also just quickly mentioning the Festival of Country Gardens is happening this week from Thursday through to Sunday down in Bridgetown. Now they have 18 private gardens to be viewed. Uh, Strongly recommend if you can get down to that beautiful part of the world, you're going to be in areas such as Blackwood Valley, Southern Forest regions, uh, Bellingham, Greenhouse, Green bushes, I should say, Boy Up Brook Bridgetown, manjum Up and Nan Up uh, one of the most beautiful parts of the world starting from this Thursday and open till Sunday 9.30am to 4pm. You can get four day passes, you might like just to go for the day, but if you can get down to the Bridgetown Festival of Country Gardens and you can also Google that very easily festivalofcountrygardens.com is going to take you to all that information. Faye, you look like you want to say
2: something. Oh Ray, we've just about run I out know. of time again. We've got a couple of emails to get through um bob this one's come in so we should cover it now it's from chiaja and she asked about a rose cutting that is a penelope it's a year old can it be put in the garden now the spot that she's chosen is full sun it did get hit with chili thrip this year and what do i use to plant i'm new to planting
7: okay well this will have to be very quick um, Penelope, um, it's a heritage normally. Um, there is another one, modern rose, but um, it won't grow very well because it's on its own roots. So it needs to be grafted to be successful, but there are always those freaks. Mm. Um, good open soil um, and use slow release. Um, that's all I can say uh, without going into it in a, in a big way.
2: Okay. Now, Jenny has also sent in an email uh, a little plant has come up in a hanging basket with a stapeliad and it's one of my favourite weeds it's a stinging nettle Mm -hmm. and the reason I say that I know a lot of people don't like it but there's so many uses for this plant as a weed it's edible I know it can sting if you're pulling it out but if you look around the fast-flying blood butterflies that are around in gardens now Mm. are the Australian admirals and this Stinging nettle is a food plant for for them, so just hold off, leave it for a bit longer. It may help a caterpillar uh, complete its life cycle. Okay.
0: And June of Beckenham, she loves the show, listens every week. We know you do, June. Love you too. Uh, She purchased some roses from Bob many years ago, and they're still doing well. Now, I don't know if you can remember these ones. She's saying she's got a brownish yellow flower. Don't know. And two-tone reds are her favourites. So goodness me.
7: Sorry. Um, Yeah. It's going
0: back a bit. There's many. There is many. There's about (laughs)
7: 10,000.
0: So just to finish up, Melville Roses, your garden is open next weekend, Bob, the 6th and 7th of November at 26 Mottram Street in Carmel. Yep. And it's open from, will it be from 9, was it 10 a.m.? 10. 10 a.m. 10 10 to, to 4 p.m. Yep. Okay, part of the Open Garden WA scheme. It's a garden not to be missed.
7: And before I, we go, um, the next weekend is uh, the Perth Symphony Orchestra is coming to my place, to uh, in conjunction with the city of Calamunda. Is so that the on weekend the 13th. after? Yes. Oh on my the goodness!
2: 13th. Oh
0: my goodness! Okay. Thank you for coming in and taking some time out of your busy schedule, because I can imagine that every minute is precious to you right now.
7: It is, yeah. I know. But thanks, Thank Ray. Thank
0: you.
7: And Faye.
2: <laughs> Pleasure having and, you here, Bob, and all everyone. All Thank right. you.
0: Thanking the team, Bev Daring and John Glidden, of course, our very own Faye Acaro. My gardenism for the morning is gardening requires lots of water, most of it in the form of perspiration. George Minoldi is next with the classic 60s. Take care of yourself. Enjoy this fabulous weekend. Happy gardening. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.